Welcome to the Fit for More podcast. I'm your host, Ben Reed. I'm a follower of Jesus, a pastor, husband, father, and fitness enthusiast. At Flight, we're passionate about two things, faith and fitness. More specifically, we wanna help connect those two areas in your life, helping you live a lifestyle of full health and wellness while strengthening and equipping you to be fit for more through topics on faith, fitness, wellness, nutrition, and more. Welcome to season two, episode five. This season, we're digging into the six keys to building spiritual muscle. Uh, We've said this every time, but it's important to build physical muscle and you do great at that, whether that's physical muscle, endurance, cardio capacity, health, you do a great job at that. And what we're saying in this season is some of those same principles that you use day in and day out to build physical muscle, to build physical strength, to build physical endurance. Let's begin applying some of those exact same principles over to our spiritual life. Because um, if, if if all you do is build physical muscle and you know we're for that, we want you to be strong. We want you to be healthy. If all you do is is build physical muscle, you're neglecting the most important part of yourself, your soul. Jesus says this in Mark 8, 35 to 37. He says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? And, you know, to, to kind of contextualize that for today, I would say, look, you, you may have the, the best PR at your uh, deadlift of anybody in the history of the world. You may have the fastest mile or the fastest marathon for somebody your age, or, or you may score more goals for your team than, than anybody else for your entire team's history. And that's great. But what good is it if you do that, but yet because of that, you've had to forfeit your soul? Like, I don't think we can get to heaven and go, well, Jesus let me in because um, I I had the most points in my team's history. Like, that's ridiculous, right? Yet, day in and day out, it's easy for us to forfeit our soul. It's easy for us to pour all of our time and all of our effort and all of our energy and and really root our identity in these things that we do day in and day out to, to become physically more strong or physically more prominent. Um, and I think Jesus to to us says, what can you give for that in exchange for your soul? Those, those aren't even the same things. It's not like it's, you're trying to trade something that I don't even count for your soul. So that's why this season we're saying, hey, what does it look like to build spiritual muscle? And we've covered so far four really important keys, discovering your purpose, realizing you're not in control, guarding what you put into your soul, and then developing good habits that spur you on day in and day out. Well, today, number five, um, in this episode, we're going to talk about what it looks like to walk with the wise. Uh, If I'm being honest with you, in the middle of this quarantine, I've gotten, I don't know, kind of a a little lazy around the edges. And and to me, it feels like a slippery slope. You know, one day, um, working from home, working out from home, I shave a few reps. Maybe I, I quit before... I have to. I don't push as hard as I really can. Uh, and I'll tell you, my excuses are good. I'll say things like, okay, I'll, I'm going to stop a few reps short today because, gosh, I've got a lot of work to do. Um, I don't need to overdo it. I don't need to hurt myself. I don't want to hurt something. I don't want to pull something. Um, I didn't stretch as much as I do sometimes normally at the gym. Um, 
hey, my, my kids are calling me and, and they need me right now. And if I get hurt, that's not going to serve them well. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut off a few minutes early. I'm going to cut off a few reps early. Um, I'm not going to push as hard. Um, it, it's a little too hot or, or it's a little too cold or I need a little water or I didn't eat enough today or gosh, I've got a, a, a really hard day in front of me. It's, it's really because I'm doing these workouts on my own from home. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're not. Maybe you can push just as hard on your own as you would with a group of people. But um, I know for me, I don't push as hard when I don't have somebody behind, beside me or behind me pushing me and spurring me along. Proverbs 13, 20 um, says, walk with the wise and become wise for a, compa- a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, when I walk with other people, um, specifically in a workout, I push harder. When I don't, I find myself getting a little lax around the edges. Uh, maybe, maybe it's pride. Uh, maybe it's it's that I'm competitive. Uh, I did Murph just the other day. Um, if you've not heard of Murph, Murph is this longer workout. It's a mile run followed by a hundred pull-ups, two hundred push-ups, three hundred air squats, and then capped off with one more mile run. I barely knew the guy beside me that was working out, but I wanted to keep up with him. I wanted to keep pushing just as hard as he did, even though I barely knew him. I wanted to keep up with him because I think it's the same principle. He who walks with the wise becomes wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. You know, as you read that verse, it it almost, I mean, logic would say that it should follow. If you walk with the wise, you become wise. If you walk with the fool, you suffer. Or if you walk with fools, you become foolish, but it doesn't say that. It says, if you walk with fools, you actually suffer harm. The negative side of walking with fools, not walking with wise people, is not just that you become foolish, but that your body and your soul suffers harm. The negative impacts of not walking with wise people are exponential. So what does it look like? to build spiritual muscle in this area? What does it look like to walk with wise people? One, you have to start by getting a friend. Isolation aids secret sins. Let me say that again. Maybe this is what you need to catch out of all this. If you find yourself in isolation, you're gonna find yourself not just drawn to secret sins, but, but, but with an increased capacity and a desire to hide behind those secret sins. If you look at the life of Samson, Samson had no friends. Go back and read Judges 14, verses 10 through 11. His parents brought in companions to be with him. Samson was a loner. There's no record of him having a close friend. And here's the truth. If Satan can get you alone, he's basically gotten you half defeated. So get a friend beside you. Small group life is good for your soul, whether you want it or not. You need to get in a small group. You need to get in and celebrate recovery. I believe having a good friend is indispensable to a life of following Jesus. Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 to 12 says this, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there's not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who's alone, two can resist him. 
A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Look, if you look throughout history, you'll see that, that God's people had friends, David and Jonathan. David had Jonathan to lean on. Moses and Joshua, they leaned on each other as they looked to take uh, and, and lead God's people into the promised land. Elijah had Elisha to walk beside him. Mark McGuire had Jose Canseco. Batman had Robin. <laughs> Maybe a little less theologically, but if you look throughout history, the strongest people that we see are those who have surrounded themselves with others. Jesus had three, Peter, James, John. So what do you look for in a friend? If you want to have a friend um, that helps you become wise, what do you look for? One, you look for chemistry. You look for somebody that is somewhat like you, that you click with, your personalities, your sense of humor, your goals, your ambitions, your your outlook on life together. You would just say that you mesh together. You enjoy being around them. One of the first things you should look for is that chemistry, somebody that you enjoy being with. The second thing is that you look for shared interests. You do stuff together. So I'm not saying you look for people that you just naturally dislike or that you have nothing in common with. Look for people you have shared interest with that you want to do things together with. Some of my best friends have been friends that I made in the CrossFit gym or on runs together or on the golf course. Deep friendships grow out of time spent together and you're gonna wanna spend time together with people that you enjoy doing things together with. Time together allows you to determine if I trust you or not. And the deepest friendships are built on the deepest levels of trust. Trust is built over time. So what to look for in a friend is shared interest because it allows you to build trust together. Third thing you want to look for is direction in life. You want to inspire each other to godliness. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Look, iron sharpening iron, <laughs> I mean, there's there's heat that happens when, when that goes on. There's flecks of iron that that chip away over time. And that's going to happen as you're pointed in the same direction as somebody else in life. Iron sharpens iron, and that's good for it. Um, but only iron can sharpen iron. You're not going to sharpen iron by putting it up next to dirt, <laughs> next to something else that's not as strong as it. You want to look for a friendship with somebody in, who's headed the same direction that you are in life. Not somebody that's perfect, but somebody that's pointed in the same direction that you want to point in life. That's another piece of iron. And yes, uh, heat is going to happen between you. Friction is going to happen between you. Frustration may happen in, be in, in between the two of you. But if you're pointed in the same direction as somebody else in life, then you can sharpen each other. Hebrews 3.13 says, Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Which means, on our own, it's easy for us to be deceived by our own uh, sin nature. It's easy for us to be deceived by our own habits, by our own uh, preconceived notions about what is right or what is wrong. But when we have other people that are pointed the same direction that we are in life, then we get to encourage one another. We get to sharpen one another. And we get to point each other towards Jesus. The fourth thing you want to look for when you're looking for a friend, when you're looking for wisdom in life, is you want to look for somebody that will challenge you. Look, you have to get in each other's business. And the truth is, you have to let somebody in at this level. And I think this is what help, ter helps turns a friendship. 
So yes, you want to look for chemistry. Yes, you want to look for shared interests. Yes, you want to look for somebody who's pointed in the same direction that you want to point for in life. But you have to let somebody in to challenge you. And you don't have to have to let everybody in at this level, but you have to let some people in. You have to let some people into the depths of who you are. Somebody has to speak truth in love to you. And then you have to speak truth in love to them. I love this verse in Proverbs 27. It says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Look, wounds hurt and we don't, we don't like them. Yet wounds from a friend can be trusted. You know, you'd think the other half of that verse would say uh, that wounds from an enemy are bad. It doesn't say that. Like it says, in a, uh, wound, but it says somebody, uh, sorry, I lost my place here. Um, wounds hurt, but, but enemies multiply kisses. It seems weird, but what it's saying is um, our enemies may seem like they're trying to help us, but in reality, we should seek out friends because when they wound us, it's for our good. It's like the scalpel from a surgeon is ultimately for our good, even though it's going to hurt in the moment. And even though it's going to lead to having to, to go through physical therapy because we've gone under the, the scalpel of a surgeon, ultimately it's somebody that intends us to grow through this process. So you have to have friends in your life that challenge you that understand who you are and how you're wired and your preconceived notions about what's right and what's wrong. You have to have those kinds of friends, not just people who are pointed to Jesus like you are, but who are willing to step in and stand in and challenge you, even though it's going to hurt you. The wounds of a friend can be trusted, but the kisses of an enemy, even, even an enemy that seems like they're doing what, what we like, those cannot be trusted. And they end up hurting us more than the wounds of a friend. Let me read this Hebrews 3 to you again. Hebrews 3, verses 12 and 13. Take care, brethren, that there not be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. And, and look, before I go on, you don't want that. You don't want an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from God. I know you don't. Verse 13 says, here's how we get this but encourage one another day after day as long as it is called today so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Look, you have to have other people in your life. If you're not going to have an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from God, you cannot do this on your own. It's impossible. If you try, you will fail. So start off by looking for chemistry that you have with, some, with other people for shared interest that you have with them, for people who are pointed in the same direction, pointed towards Jesus, just like you you want to be, and who are willing to challenge you. Surround yourself with those types of friends. And I think as you do, you'll watch your spiritual life grow like it never has before. You'll watch yourself flexing those spiritual muscles in brand new ways. All right, the next episode that we have is the last in this series, and I think it actually might be the most overlooked in all of American culture. So make sure you tune in. Can't wait to dive into that and conclude this uh, powerful series about what it looks like to build spiritual muscle in your life. So make sure you tune in the final episode in this season too. 
Thank you for joining us on the Fit for More podcast. Make sure to visit us at flightsport.com and connect with us on all social media platforms at flightsport. That's F-L-Y-T-E-S-P-O-R-T. Looking forward to being with you again next episode.